Hey everyone, Brett Maddox here. Hope you're doing well. I'm real excited about this episode of the Podakesis podcast. We're going to be discussing the first commandment uh, of the Ten Commandments, and we're going to be looking at the questions within the Shorter Catechism, Wesley's revision of the Shorter Catechism, that deal with that commandment. And joining us to talk about the first commandment is Tony Miltenberger. His podcast, the Reclamation Podcast, is a wonderful, wonderful show about reclaiming best practices in our Christian faith. You're going to want to check that out. He's also part of Spirit and Truth, which is a wonderful parachurch ministry that that seeks to um, embolden and enliven the local church, resourcing it, um, helping the local church to make disciples, and all that goes with that. Um, Another thing about this episode, not only are we being joined by a special guest, Tony Miltenberger, but we're also making a special announcement, an important special announcement, but we're going to make that announcement at the end of the episode. So be sure to listen all the way through and join us for a few minutes at the end of the episode for a very special announcement. And uh, that's all I've got now. So why delay? We hope you enjoy this episode of the Podakesis Podcast. Hello, Podacumans, and welcome to the Podacesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your very best friends and voice actors on It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, Jim Morrow, and Alan Kaysen. Jim and Alan, how you guys doing? I'm Schroeder. <laughs> um, you just went right for it, didn't I'm, you? Yes, I'm that's my piano here. playing there, too. Yes. I'm sitting here always curious about how you're going to begin the podcast. Yeah. And always confused by how you yeah, actually Yeah, we really do. don't know. In fact, we uh, never know. We have a whole group of podacumens. We get together in a secret group and we use your openings to psychoanalyze you. And I just want you to know it's not been going well <laughs> for you. Well, that's fine. I'm glad. That, yeah. Well, that I might need to have an intervention or something brought in on that. I but, kid. Uh, we're glad to be here. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And today we're joined by a very special guest, Tony Miltenberger, who's the host of the Reclamation Podcast, and uh, it's a wonderful podcast uh, reclaiming Christian practices. Really, uh, wonderful, great interviews that go on there. Tony, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm also actually I'm a bookie on the side, and we I we had the over under on whether or not the Great Pumpkin was going to be part of the intro today, the pod. So, uh, so all of everybody took the over. You'll yeah. expect a deposit in your bank account next week. That's yeah. great. Yes. That's great. Nice. Listen, you just never yeah. know. But I'm it, just this I'm is just glad this I'm... is the kind of the inside baseball. This is how big our 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 listener base has gotten that we get this kind of de- depth, and so we're thankful for that. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm just yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the Reclamation Podcast, this wonderful podcast, Tony. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you live. Tell us about your family. Tell us about the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in uh, I'm in the birthplace of aviation, Dayton, Ohio, and uh, I am very fortunate where I get to uh, serve a local church here, the Restoration Church in Centerville, Ohio. I also serve on staff at Spirit and Truth, mm-hmm. and uh, the Reclamation Podcast, like you said, is all about reclaiming good practices for faith and life. So we sit down with authors, storytellers, pastors, leaders. And uh, sometimes anyone I can beg to come on the podcast, <laughs> and uh, and we just that's talk how, about what what. That's how we yeah. got you on here, Tony. That's right. exactly well, right. <laughs> you're not exactly yeah. right. Yeah, and we, we, like, and we, we could, just talk about. We couldn't find anybody. I was like, call Tim. It'll be great. So. <laughs> 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 oh, oh talk about your inside baseball now. Yep. Uh, what? Yeah. So anyway, uh, my my passion is disciple making. It's helping people follow Jesus, um, and uh, so I, I really appreciate appreciate the content you guys are putting out. And um, I actually listened to the last episode 
uh, where where we made a lot of reference to my last name, Miltonberger, Tony Miltonberger, as uh, part of the Rookie of the Year content. So I'm all fresh up on on uh, on Rookie of the Year. Bomb and Gardner, what's it called? <laughs> Garden Hoser. It's good to have you, Gardner. Rosenheimer. It's good to have you, Rosenheimer. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Tony, we actually thought fastball. we actually thought that content was going to get edited out, and uh, but uh, thank you for uh, your graciousness in receiving it. <laughs> Apparently, uh, one of our listeners was uh, nothing gets edited out. Really, nothing that gets even if I say I'm going to edit that out, I just leave it on in there. And one of our listeners actually criticized me a little bit on that one um, earlier this week, but um, it is what it is. So there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, we're so glad to have you, uh, Tony and Alan and Jim, once again here. And um, uh, for those of you who are listening, hit us up on social media. Don't forget, you can find us at Podikesis on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. And leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, which does help us there. And we're going to get right into uh, the catechism. Uh, just a reminder, we use John Wesley's revision of the shorter catechism to as a jumping-off point. And we have been uh, just starting this series uh, in the catechism on the Ten Commandments. And uh, so today we're actually dealing with commandment number one. And so question number 45, um, and we're going to be dealing with a few questions here from the catechism itself. Question 45, which is the first commandment? Would you like to know? I would like to know, Alan. Okay. I was just checking. I didn't know, you know if you were, you know know if you were quite like to ready. Know. This is who else would like to know if you know it or not? Who? Kirk Cameron. He, he <laughs> okay. I'm yes. glad to know. <laughs> well, you're, um, you're both, right about, both he and Brett are about to find out that the first commandment is you shall have no other gods before me. And of course, that's from Exodus 20, verse 3, not 23. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, so 20 verse three. And yeah. then um, and so we'll go on to the next question. Question 46 is what is required in that first commandment? The first commandment requires us to know and acknowledge God to be the only true God and our God and to worship and glorify him accordingly. And then a question 47, uh, what is forbidden in the first commandment? The first commandment forbids the denying or not worshiping and glorifying the true God as God and our God and the giving of that worship and glory to any other which is due him alone. The last question would be, what are we specially taught um, by the words, quote, before me in the first commandment? These words before me in the first commandment teach us that God, who sees all things, takes notices of and is much displeased with the sin of having any other God. That's awesome. So here we are. So we're going to just lump all these together. We're not going to, you know, take a lot of time on each of the specific questions, but we're going to lump them all together to talk about the first commandment, this idea of having no other gods before Yahweh. So um, let's look at some scripture. We're going to start off with Deuteronomy chapter 26, and I think Alan's got that. Yeah, this is the Allen Show right now. Um, <laughs> Unsubscribe. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, you know it's tough. Uh, Deut yeah, Deuteronomy twenty six seventeen says, "You have declared this day that the Lord is your God, and that you will walk in obedience to Him, that you will keep His decrees, commands, and laws, that you will listen to Him." Just a kind of another way of 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 this of of saying that first commandment that we're going to obey God, listen to God, follow his commands and his laws. 
That's right. And then um, we're going to move on to Romans. Now, Romans is an important piece here because Paul does a good job setting up the entire letter here um, with this idea of sin, where sin comes from. And for Paul, it seems like, in a big sense, part of the, if not the biggest reason for sin in the world has to do with the breaking of at least the first commandment in and of itself. So uh, let's look at some passages out of Romans. Um, So I'll pick up on verse 21. Uh, And Paul's making, of course, a wider argument here, so you can pick that up as you go. But he says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles." Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so here you just get this sense that um, it's not simple idolatry like in the way that we would think of worshiping a golden calf, right. but it does talk about images that were crafted in mortal things. Uh, it talks about the the greater human need and reflexive worship. We simply will worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that without God as that right object, uh, you can see out of Romans 1, all of these other disordered and um, broken things flow. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, we when we did the episode of the—when we did the episode on sin or the episodes on sin itself, one of the things we were— careful to talk about was the difference between the the actions, you know, sinful actions, and sin itself, and what sin is, and where sin comes from. And I think Romans does a good job pointing that out, and that um, we need to also be very careful, just kind of as a sidebar here, to specifically fixate on just the sins that are mentioned even in Scripture, because even Paul himself will say in Romans, um, they invented ways of doing evil, which is Paul's way of saying everything else that is not of God, that is not of the, our original intent, our original created intent. So um, absolutely. Um, and so then we move on to Ezekiel, and, and Tony's going to take that and um, got a kind of a wider passage here out of the book of, the book of Ezekiel, this prophet, if you will. Yeah, this is Ezekiel 8, uh, verses 5 through 18 are are in the proofs. I'm going to kind of highlight a couple of the um, more pointed parts of this. Ezekiel 5 starts, he says, Then he said to me, Son of man, look toward the north. So I looked, and in the entrance north of the gate of the altar, I saw this idol of jealousy. And he said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing? The utterly detestable things the Israelites are doing here. Things that will drive me far from my sanctuary. But you will see things that are even more detestable. And then you can kind of skip down to verse 12. He said, he said to me, son of man, have you seen what the elders of Israel are doing in the darkness, each at the shrine of his own idol? They say, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken this land. Again, he said, you will see them doing more things that are even more detestable. Verse 14, then he brought me to the entrance of the north gate of the house of the Lord. I saw a woman sitting there mourning the God of Tammuz. 
He said to me, do you see this son of man? Will you see things that are even more detestable? And I think what we see in this Ezekiel passage is just this um, continuation of God kind of pointing out the posture of the heart of the individual and how people continue to do things like it says, utterly detestable to worship at the shrine of his or her own idol. And uh, a really great just reminder, kind of a broader view of how uh, how utterly broken we all are as humans. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just going to add to that from Psalm chapter, uh, the 44th Psalm, uh, just a couple of verses, 20 through 21. <clears throat> If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart. So the psalmist even here is saying um, that we can't even hide our our idolatry, if you will, or our worship of other gods. Like God would know if we were, it's almost adulterous kind of the language that it goes on here. That well, you you're see trying... that in the prophets. I mean, they use the language of adultery all the time. Well, uh, Hosea specific. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hosea is one that I, and so what do we do? What I say we, <laughs> what is done in adultery? Um, uh, we, yeah, I keep saying we. Why did you rephrase that? <laughs> What is done? So adultery is hide, like you you hide, you 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 sneak around, you try to keep others from finding out. That's the whole that kind of veil that is there. And so even God knows when we are being um, adulterous, if you will, in our relationship with Him and worshiping other gods. I also find it interesting that especially in the time of the Ten Commandments, this whole idea of you shall have no other gods before me, this idea of before me. Um, many commentators believe that early um, I- early Israelite culture, um, th- this idea of their monotheism was very um, messy. Let's just say it that way. Their monotheism was very messy. They didn't go from a polytheistic worldview right to a complete monotheistic worldview where there was just one God and no other God. Um, There was kind of a transition period where there was the supremacy of Yahweh over other gods and this type of thing. So this idea of you shall have no other gods before me, you shall have no other gods um, in my presence uh, was really speaking to this really kind of early idea. You, You shall not have... You should, uh, the, any other gods that there are no other gods bigger than me, but it wasn't necessarily saying at this point, at least in um, the young life of Israel, um, um, that um, there are no other gods. And I think that's a good word for us today because there are. I think there are a lot of things tugging at our hearts and tugging at who we are. Um, we may not may be making golden calves out of them, but we, we also may very well be making idols out of those things. Um, so uh, yeah, we shouldn't have any other gods. Uh, before him. Well, and I think one of the things that you see in the Old Testament a lot is that um, if idol worship is really a relationship issue, right? If we can Mm -hmm. get back to that idea, it's a relationship issue. Then one of the things that we see are the Israelites going to God saying, prove that you're in this relationship with us, prove that you're in this relationship with us. And obviously the most classic example of that is the golden calf. And the reason that the golden calf formed is because they lost sight of God. Yeah. They they, they didn't, you know, Moses went up the mountain and Aaron's sitting there going, uh, what do I do with all these angry, upset people? And they're like, well, let's just, you know, let's just create a God because we lost sight of the God that we once had. And so they threw in their whatever rings and earrings and, you know, it's like a create a God. 
They made they almost made it sound like it was an accident too, which was our we just our gold fell into the fire. We don't I know. And, and out came the Merrill Lynch cow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, absolutely. Can I can, let me just, just say something about that? Because Tony, you you reminding me more in depth that story is super great. Um, so you, Aaron, as a religious leader at this point, right? And the people are getting anxious. And uh, this is maybe just a side note, but as a religious leader. I wonder if Aaron felt the responsibility to uh, provide for them, to overfunction for them, to overfunction for God. And so he's like, uh, here's God. Where is he? Oh, there he is. I found him for you. Um, and so it speaks about the power of a religious leader and their ethical and moral moorings in a community. Um, because if he was getting anxious about them being anxious as a leader, uh, he led them absolutely astray out of his own anxiety. Now, I can't psychoanalyze, but I understand that impulse. Well, I was just going to say this, is that as a church leader, um, I know that I've done that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's an angry mob at my door. Sure, you can have the Mayfair sale. Well, yeah. and maybe maybe, <laughs> right? like, maybe we've all done that over the last 18 months to a degree, you know, right? yeah. uh, tried to um, overcompensate for things that, that – you know, we couldn't see our people. You couldn't be together, and so forth, and so forth, and so mm -hmm. forth. And so we, um, we tried to overproduce. Yeah, um, as as if God needs our help. But I right, don't personally exactly. know that in the depth, deep part of my heart. Um, I know it in my brain. And so when somebody comes to me and needs a thing for God, if 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 I'm not really setting my vision on God, then I somehow feel like I'm responsible for that. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's a really um, it's a dicey place to be. You know, another a piece to that whole Aaron on and and Moses on Mount Sinai and Aaron down with the people was, um, and the Bible Project actually helped me uh, realize this um, in just looking at the story there. Um, the cloud was up on the mountain, so the presence of God was visible to the people, and they still did this. So I, sometimes I think even even in the presence of God, that draw within us to make gods in our own image, um, because we ultimately want to be like God, Genesis 3, Tower of Babel, whole thing in Genesis 11, is that, that's a, that, that, is a, that is a basic human in, in, uh, you know, inclination, uh, a proof of our brokenness, that we want to set up gods in our images, not be in the image of God. So um, I, I really like what Martin Luther said in his larger catechism, uh, where he I mean, said, "You okay. shall." Um, Wait, he he's got a larger catechism, and we've got a shorter, <laughs> shorter one. Catech yes, yes. <sighs> How a, a weak are we? A shorter so catechism Wesleyan. that was revised. So Wesleyan. <laughs> so um, all right, proceed, proceed. Yes, I will. I will. Martin Luther, though, says in his larger catechism, talking about you shall have no other gods before me. He says, "What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust God." above all else, above everything else. So this relational piece um, is, is really important, this idea of loving God. And if you read throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, that love piece just keeps being brought up. This relational piece keeps being brought up. This idea that God is a jealous God, that used to bother me a lot, the idea of God being jealous, because I understand jealousy on my terms, right? But jealousy really is a relational term in a sense. God is a jealous God. He's jealous for his people. And that's why he doesn't want us worshiping other gods, because he wants our—he's in relationship with us. Well, Brett, hold on. Like, come on, we're smarter than they were back in the day. Uh, I don't—I'm not going to, like, worship other 
gods. That's so weird. And I'm certainly not going to worship a statue. So what in the world are we talking about here? Um, this jobs, uh, you know, your career, um, your Tony's hair, like a, U- a UPS, uh, a UPS delivery truck, <laughs> an Apple iPhone 13. Okay, Tim, you can get back. You can go back. You can go back in your closet now, Tim. Thank you. All right, we, mine's coming on the 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> so, John Tyson, you're you all familiar with John yeah, Tyson, John Tyson uh, yes. uh, Church of the City, New York. Um, he has a chicken. What's that? I thought it was the guy that made chicken. <laughs> Tyson chicken. Tyson chicken. chicken. Not, not Tyson yes. chicken. So I spent yeah. time at Tyson Chicken Factory. Uh, no, John Tyson, in a, a series of sermons a while back, uh, said something yeah. about w- what you love or what you worship is what you uh, give your heart to and what you sacrifice to. Mm. And so you might not always know you might because if we if we think about worship as like religious stuff like we're gonna sing and raise our hands and etc things we might do in a church service we we lose the fact that the rest of our life is inherently religious. So uh, what you sacrifice to you think about the things that uh, we sacrifice for jobs we sacrifice for. Um, wealth. We sacrifice for our children, and by God, we actually sacrifice our children in a lot of other ways. Uh, and I'll name two, if I can be as bold as to do so. Yeah. One is I can sacrifice my children on the altar to the God of my own dreams by forming them to be an extension of myself. Yeah. I can work out my own junk on my kids and sacrifice them that way. And then you have the more obvious way which we don't have to get into today, in which people will sacrifice actual lives of unborn children uh, for whatever reason. And I, we don't need to get into all of that here. Um, but that's, um, say, the God of Molech, where we put our children through the fire. Yeah. Um, so we will worship. Pete Gregg says the same thing about we will pray. Um, it's within our human nature. And so it's not always like what you give the religious part of your life to, um, I think that there's an anthropology inherent in Scripture, inherent period in humanity. We are religious things. Yeah, we will worship, we will pray, we will sacrifice. Right, right. Um, I, I do wonder a lot about how much, um, how much we sacrifice for our kids in the name of giving them a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That ends up becoming more like idol worship, you know. Like yes. we're we're I'm in that season of life where all of my kids are playing sports, mm. so we're we're doing sports six days a week, you know. We're we're there, you know. My if you look at my time and my checkbook, right? Which everyone's heard that sermon cliche before. Mm-hmm. That clearly sports is the number one priority in our life, even though I desperately want it to be Jesus, yes. right? You know, and so we live in that tension. On an, on an everyday basis, which I, th- I think, going back to that relationship idea, Brett, I think it's why it's so important to lean into the relationship so that, uh, so that every day I can surrender the idols that I might be holding on to. Mm, yeah. That's a good word, Tony. Um, John Wesley, in his explanatory notes on this, this verse, on this um, commandment, says, uh, whatever is loved feared, delighted in, or depended on more than God, that we make a God of. This prohibition includes a precept which is the foundation of the whole law, that we take the Lord for our God, accept Him for ours, adore Him with humble reverence, and set our affections entirely upon Him. Um, he Wesley is, I mean, just summing up what we're saying here. It's about giving all of us 
to 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 him, all of us to all of him. Um, Joe Don, Joel, New Testament professor at Asbury, uh, would say about the um, the the Shema, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, from Deuteronomy six. He says, if you look at that, it, it it's saying to love God with everything you are and then some. There is no room for loving um, other things if you're truly loving God. So it and is again we need to to make sure we understand that we're all clear. We're talking about love beyond the idea of a yes. feeling of affection. Yes, or even even simply. Um, um, lavishing praise. We're talking about a love that would then order our lives after God. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Go ahead. I am curious. Is it really pronounced Shema or is it Shema? Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I might need to apologize to my church for the last seven years. Well, I'll tell you, t- Tony, uh, the Shema. I think Brett has quoted every single episode that do. we've been on. Yeah, that's well, what I, I do. This re- it's really, uh, Pastor Allen. What do you call it? Um, Shema, but here's also my rule. Say it with confidence, my friend. Say it with confidence. So that's what I do. No one's ever corrected me. And then I listen to this podcast and I'm like, Shema, what is he talking? (laughs) He's talking about the Shema. Well, listen, we're we're all from South Georgia, so it could be different. It could be a a regional. Oh my gosh, I would buy I would buy the South Georgian uh, translation that you guys talked about, about maybe it was last episode or <laughs> you a couple actually of... listen I, I i would buy that i would buy that translation with the goat skin <laughs> with but only if it was skin. a georgia goat well i was going to say it'd actually be deer skin if it was coming from georgia but yeah oh, so. my goodness <laughs> that's awesome How, on the front uh, of the bible can we say that the buck stops here yes we can <laughs> Can. And oh. that is it, guys. That's all we're, <laughs> we're done for that. And uh, that's all we have about the first yes. commandment. <laughs> so here's what I love about the answers to our questions, like to each question. It includes the idea of worshiping and glorifying God accordingly, or or that um, we're not supposed to glorify or worship anybody else. For me, it goes back to the very very first question of the catechism, right? What's the chief end of man? to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And when we give our time, our attention, our efforts to anything other than God, we are, um, we are in, we're, um, words escaping me. Um, we're in danger of missing out on that enjoying God forever. Um, and, um, and, and we, what we talked about when we talked about that is forever starts now, you know, forever is not, you know, sweet by and by it's right now and so we are to get we are to get that practice in now yeah and, and, so, and, and i think that's uh from a 90s pop song forever's gonna start tonight <laughs> oh my god all right <laughs> right hey did y'all see the spirit it just went it just went <laughs> it just, it just left <laughs> Just gone. Hey, here's a question. Uh, oh, go ahead, Pastor Tony. Allen was actually being serious. He was. I, yeah, which is but such we a stop rare that. moment. As and often as we like, can, rush. we stop it. Yes. Actually, let me tell you what yes. I was hoping for, because normally when that happens, Allen starts singing. Um, yes. So the bet that I have uh, underneath all of this is that I can get Allen to sing by the end of the episode. So, Tony, yes. your book – hey. But bookie, bookie Tony, you need to put that down. You need to find out um, yeah. what the line is. On uh, what take, the line is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one, one and a half. <laughs> one and a half on that one. Okay, that's good. That's good. Sorry. Hey, here, here's the big question about all this. Why then should we gl- uh, worship only God? Like why, why 
is it just him? Why should he have all our affections? What is what is the reason behind this? Now, the Ten Commandments, this whole Mount Sinai comes out of this I, um, right after the, um, uh, the Exodus event. And so it would look kind of on the surface maybe that he's demanding, uh, demanding this um, only worship because he saved his people. Like, I did this for you, now you do this for me, kind of a quid pro quo type, type thing. Um, but it seems to me that the command uh, to allegiance to Yahweh only is existential rather than obligatory, um, that we worship Yahweh because of who Yahweh is. There's also, picking up in Romans and in other places, he simply is the only God there is. There's that too, right? Then, mm. yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So it, this is, but that that's important. I think a lot of us, we, we um, I, I know I've done this. Um, maybe Jim has never done this. I'm sure Alan has done this and uh, Tony. Uh, we're just getting to know each other, so um, I don't know. But, you know, we uh, say... Twice today. Twice today. Okay, that's fine. But Lord... Uh, if you do this for me, then I'll do this for you, right? Like this kind I of. I have quid never for... done that. Before. Oh, you've never. Oh, okay, maybe maybe that is Jim ridiculous. That I can't. Um, but that kind of that kind of you know uh, transactional way of looking at things, um, whereas God demands our worship. God demands who you know um, our our allegiance to Him because of who He is, and simply just that. It's just because of His who He is, um, and so. Um, I think that's an important part to this. And God, by the way, loves us, un, you know, loves us completely and unconditionally, loves the whole, you know, God to love the world because of who he is. So. I also think that if, if we think about this from a healthy relationship standpoint, right, th there's only one relationship that's actually going to get us to a place of fullness, Everything else is going to be left short. It's like uh, when I when I was in a young man, I sometimes uh, would date the wrong person. No, no, yeah. I thought, and it was wasn't until one. right. I know, I know. Um, but like, I, I think that we we have to also understand that if we want this healthy relationship, if we want the fullness of life promised to us in the scriptures, it only comes through that intentional uh, relationship with the one true God. Everything else is going to leave you leave you uh left wanting. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, let's see. Um what does forgiveness look like in this sense? In in the sense of what what does repentance confession? So, let me let me kind of preface this question I've been thinking about. Yeah. Um, so we just, uh, a couple of us just came back from a great conference in Murfreesboro, Tennessee called New Room. It was a lot of fun, and it was refreshing. And the way that this conference started off was with confession, with this idea of confession of sin. Now, many conferences I've ever gone to will do the confession piece at the end. Like, you go through, the, and then you have this big, you know, heart-pulling moment, this confession moment. But New Room this year started right at the beginning. Like, let's just get, let's get this all out there. And it, it made me wonder, it made me think, I've been thinking a lot about repentance. I've been thinking a lot about confession of sin. I've been thinking a lot about forgiveness of sin. Because of that, it's just stuck in my mind and my heart. So one of the things I wanted to look at as we went through some of these Ten Commandments was what does repentance, what does confession, what does forgiveness look like? What does being set right out of this look like? How does how do we 
how do we turn our hearts back to to only Yahweh? I don't know if that question even makes any sense, but I would imagine that most uh, most of, if not all of our leader uh, listeners have had in, um, times in their lives or maybe even going through times where they would say, no, there are other things other than God that has my affection. So what is the movement? What is the the, the call for us um, to to receive that forgiveness and to move beyond or to to grow in this area? Well, I think, um, I mean, to repent is to turn, right? It's to turn away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we find ourselves um, realizing that we're worshiping something other than God, um, whether it be our favorite sports team or our technology <laughs> or um am i doing self-confession right i can't i can't quite anyways you okay are, i'm sorry are, that was um <laughs> I, th- I, actually, really, I thought you were confessing my I was, sin i, I was uh <laughs> i looked deep, in, here, I looked deep into yeah. tony's heart um no i was looking pretty <laughs> deep in my heart voice <laughs> no I, th- I say so when we when we realize we come to understanding that we're worshiping these things we have to turn away yeah um and now, can you do those things and not worship God? Absolutely. Um, but when you find yourself that it, you've crossed that line, um, you've got to turn away um, and turn yeah. back to Him. And sometimes it's really hard. I was thinking back to um, something Carolyn Moore was talking about with um, recovery ministries and recovery groups, how um, even addiction issues have a hold on people's hearts. It has a hold on people's lives. And it can be very, very difficult to come to that realization that you, you know, I've, I've dealt with a lot of people in recovery and having recovery uh, family, uh, people in, in my family who have gone through recovery, going through recovery, that whole idea of um, understanding that you need help. You, you need, you need, you, you are hitting rock bottom. I think a lot of us just kind of go through life not even realizing the depths of our, our, our brokenness and our sin in these areas, what actually has our affections until, may, and I won't say it's till it's too late, but until we are hurting, hurting, hurting. And I guess the piece I want to I just put out there to all of us, to all of us, um, all those who are listening, repentance is, it can happen. Like forgiveness can happen. There's nothing that God won't forgive. Like there's this, God will turn, he can, God will transform. He God, God will hear your cry out to him. He will change your life. I mean, he will. There's, it's not like he's going to turn his back on you. That's the thing about this is like, we may turn our back on God, but he, he never turns his back on us. And I think that that's the very nature of, of that idea about the, the, the jealous God. He, he's not, he's not jealous because he needs it. He's jealous because we need it. Right. And, and he wants to do that for us. And, and one of the things I love to say on the reclamation podcast is that if you're not, if you're not dedicated to your disciplines, you'll be destroyed by your distractions. Ooh. 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 Yeah. Yeah. If you're not dedicated to your disciplines, you'll be destroyed by your distractions. And so for me, uh, turning away and repentance has to become a daily practice. Yeah. Right. It's a daily practice. It's a, a you know, imagine if you didn't go a, a day or uh, without talking to your wife 
or your husband and uh, the consequences of that. And I feel like that's the same thing. When we do idol worship, we're turning away from God. We're choosing to pour our time, energy, and effort into something else. And at the end of the day, what we end up left with is is left wanting and broken. Mm -hmm. And so it's a daily choice. It's a daily repentance. And, and I actually think that and I, and I know you guys are big fans of this. That's why band meetings are so important, yes, right? Where we can yes, yes, yes. get together and confess our sins and uh, and really do that soul searching. And I, I I believe that, um, and it's really cool to say I'm in the band. Yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's this true. Cool. This, this on this, I want to offer us a reminder. If for, and this is great for biblical nerds too. If you get into the text of the Ten Commandments, we always forget this. And Tony, this is where the South Georgian translation comes into play. Um, you cannot read this as you and you alone. I'm talking only to you, the individual at this moment, shall have no other gods before me. This is a covenant that is made with the second person plural. It's the y'all. He's talking mm -hmm. to a community. And so as we talk about the the need to turn back to God continually, um, it's a beautiful thing to have a community that makes that normal. Mm -hmm. Because we we live in communities where when we confess that they turn away from us, and God is not like that, but also to live in a community that says, let's start with confession, because we all know that we need to come back to God. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it matters uh, that the law was given to the community, the people of God. Mm -hmm. We are the community, the people of God in Jesus Christ, and we need each other to really live this fully. Um, so I just wanted to offer that if we can be those people for you, um, or if we can help direct you to people that can be that for you, if you're listening, um, and if you already have them and you just needed a, a little encouragement to seek them out, uh, I think that's important for us too. That's why this matters. So we talk about all of this because it applies deeply to our lives. Amen. That's all y'all shall have no other gods before <laughs> me, God says. Amen on that. Amen. Well, as we come to uh, closing out this episode, uh, next episode, episode 34, we'll be looking at the second commandment, and um, uh, that'll be a, a fun discussion. I'm looking forward to that. But I want to get back to Tony. Tony, not only are you the host of the Reclamation um, podcast, uh, but you also uh, work for uh, Spirit and Truth. And um, I want to give you an opportunity to, to tell a little bit about what Spirit Truth is, and uh, then uh, I'd like to share some news with everybody listening up that has to do with Spirit and Truth. So go ahead, Tony. Yeah, yeah. So Spirit and Truth is a, um, it's a, it's a church, it's kind of like a parachurch organization, which means that we walk along the, the local church. And what we strive to do is help bring renewal to the local church through Holy Spirit, uh, foundation, strong theological foundation, and uh, discipleship, leadership, evangelism. Um, and we, we want to help kind of expand the kingdom of God through the local church. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the ways that we do that is through what we call the, the Spirit and Truth Podcast Network. And it's a, a group of like-minded individuals who want to carry out that mission. And, uh, and we are so excited because we uh, want to expand our network. And since we couldn't find anyone else, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just yes. Since we, since no, honestly, um, we 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 love you guys. We love your show, and we would be so incredibly honored if you would join us on the on the Spirit and Truth Podcast Network. Uh, you're our brand of, of Wesleyan. Uh, humor. <laughs> <laughs> 
Woohoo! So that's awesome. So uh, uh, last week I put out kind of a really cryptic tweet that, uh, you know, this mm. kind of gratuitous uh, uh, teaser, if you will, that there was big, huge news coming. Well, that huge news is the Podakesis podcast is now part of the Spirit and Truth Network. And um, I couldn't be more excited. I know Jim and Alan are too. So this is going to be awesome. Hey, Spirit and Truth also does things that we've talked about, like produce Firebrand Magazine that comes out of the yes. Spirit, Spirit and Truth um, a family um, and some other wonderful, wonderful things. Um, I know y'all have got... Including, yes. including the conference. conference. That's what I was just about to say. I was yes. just about Spirit to say. and Truth Conference. The conference? And- tell me. And, well, it's a, it's a couple-day event in March here in Dayton, Ohio, and it's, it's all about uh, how we can renew the local church. we got some incredible speakers planned, and we have a very special discount code for, uh, for the podcast listeners, for all of you guys. So if you go to uh, spiritandtruth.life uh, slash podkesis, uh, then we will uh, absolutely, you'll have your own uh, discount code, save you a little money, and come join us. Because if, if I understand it, all three of the legendary hosts of this podcast will be in Dayton, Ohio, you. a convergence of the master of the minds. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe they'll do a, maybe they'll do a podcast together. Maybe you guys report Ooh. one. in Dayton. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. 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 Yeah. We're taking, I'm taking my equipment. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. I've already packed it. I'm good to go. Let's go. <laughs> In fact, Brett, if you look are you excited? Me, I can't tell. Knocking on your, he's knocking on your door right now. Turn around. I am. I'm actually outside. Ah! <laughs> so I've always wanted to have a promo code. I've all, that's like, <laughs> like, like when you know you've made it in the podcast world. As I've always wanted to have a pod, uh, a promo code. We've got well, boys. your life is complete, Brett. <laughs> yes, so we'll put that in the list. show notes. Yes. Show notes. Yes. Show notes. Show notes. And uh, just, I want to say, I'm super excited for us to take part in the ministry too and tony to join uh you as what do we call a sister podcasts in the network or fellow yeah. podcasts Wait a minute, why don't we just go network podcast network i don't podcast. need any more. I've, yeah. I've already got some um, sisters i don't need any yeah more. yeah <laughs> but but to take part in that work um is such a blessing and i think it really speaks to our heart and encourages us to uh really even um put forward uh, greater greater hope dream prayer and effort so um i'm excited for what god is doing well, and, and I- will do I think uh, I just think we're humbled because I think the three of us just were trying to do something to get by uh, during the pandemic, honestly, you know, um, and, and put out some decent content. And the three of us, if, if we got something out of it, then then that's all that mattered. And Amen. it turns out that 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 a lot of people uh, have gotten something out of this. And so we're just we're just glad to come alongside you guys and yeah. and um, excited to see what God does. Yeah, and, and you might be asking the question like, hey, what's the advantage of being of a podcast network? We have no idea. Yeah. But yeah. none. No, but no, 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 We're, we're, we're doing it together. That's Amen. right. That's Amen. right. We're we'll banding together. Hey, there we'll blaze that. Oh, very Wesleyan of us. Yeah, no, very Wesleyan. Well, well, Tim, uh, it's been great. Thank you for joining us thank today. You. Thank you. <laughs> yes, very much. Look, hey guys, no, the reason sorry, they keep calling me Tim, no, we don't the reason they to. keep calling me Tim, no, this is a good story. Okay. This is a good story, is that yesterday I recorded a podcast with a, a very nice man who we met briefly beforehand and we started recording immediately. He was on a time crunch and throughout the podcast, he called me Tim the entire time. <laughs> and it was so awkward because I, I just didn't know how to get out of it. <laughs> and so uh, it was like, he was like, well, Tim, going forward. And I was like, ah, and, oh, fine. So, and Tim, everyone, Tony, I'll answer all of it. Yes. And everyone, uh, welcome to the Spirit Truth Podcast. <laughs> 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 
No, it's been wonderful. Yes. Gosh, what a great day. Oh, so good, guys. I Keep up the good work. Thank you. Well, Potty Cumans, thank you for joining us. Um, and thank you, Tony. Thank you, Jim and Alan, as well. Be sure to hit us up on social media. At Potakesis is where you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you, if you have any questions, you want to shoot our way, questions at potakesis.com. You can even leave a voicemail at 404-635-6679. And as always, please leave a five-star review on Apple iTunes. Tell your friends, tell your family. They can find us wherever they get their favorite podcast. And we will talk to you all later as we bring you the second commandment in a couple of weeks. Y'all have a great day, and we'll talk to you later. Yeah.